tiny, ugly things. I want you to just think on that. I bet your brain went to something immediately. Tiny, ugly things. Tiny, ugly things are not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but in the subconscious reality of how we move through our life, these tiny, ugly things can be sneaky and they can really get to us in ways that they shouldn't. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here. So let's settle Hello, in. Hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. My name is Erin. I'm your host, and this is episode 58. We're going to talk about my specific plan for the month of February. This is a follow up episode to episode 57, which is how to plan a new month, which is has a companion free printable. So we're building on the theme of last week's episode, which was a guided journal practice to help you have a month full of self-discovery. I hope that you've had a chance to engage in that content. And if not, please feel free to pause and go ahead or listen through to this whole episode. I will have the free printable still linked in the show notes. And perhaps after you hear what I've decided to do for my month and why I've made those decisions, you'll feel like you have a more uh, illustrated example of how the exercise can work for someone who's really doing it and engaging with it um, on a regular basis. So my main philosophy in life is to live my life with medium effort and mindful fun. And that means that when things are important to me, I acknowledge that they will require effort and focus in order to keep them front of mind in my life. And the way that I feel most like myself is to engage every day in the mindful practice of enjoying my own life. So I'm both mindfully putting my resources and time and energy towards building a life that's made for me. And then as I'm building that life, I'm mindfully taking the time to live it, to live it and experience it as I've designed it. So it's two sides of the same coin, um, which hopefully uh, resonates with you. And (laughs) before we dive into what I'm going to be doing for the month of February, my own plan, my own monthly vibe, and how I'm going to set out and experiment within my own life to get to know myself better, before we do that, I will take a brief moment to let you know that if you want more of this content, you can follow me over on Instagram. I'm at medium.lady over there. And if you like, I would love it if you would take a screenshot of yourself listening to this or take a selfie and tag me, tag me in your stories and make sure to let me know that you're listening. And then I can give you a personalized shout out and connect with you in person one on one, which is the best part of having this podcast is meeting new people, building connections and all of us growing together. Finally, if this episode resonates with you or if you've enjoyed the free printable, I would love it if you would do the podcast a favor and go ahead and rate and review us. I specifically ask people to do that over on Apple Podcasts. Apple still remains the number one giant when it comes to podcasts, and it's the number one way that I've been able to find new listeners. So perhaps you're not an Apple listener and that's totally okay. Regardless of what platform you're listening on, I would love it if you would go ahead and give us five stars and... If you are so inclined to go ahead and share the episode with a friend or someone that you think the content will resonate with. 
Okay, all of that cringy self-promotion aside, let's dive into what I'm doing for my new month. So what you'll see is at the end of the free printable, How to Start a New Month, is a series of fill-in-the-blanks, I guess, which is I will learn or I will engage with my vibe by reading. I will play with the vibe by doing the following. I will um, experiment with new habits by trying the following things. And I will monitor my thoughts and feelings for the following. So that's my personal structure for how to how I plan my months. And I'm encouraging you to use that same structure, which is read, play, try, and think. And I'm going to just run down what I'm doing for the month of February in those exact four columns. So let's dive in. The first is going to be reading. Now, reading, what I could do is I could just share with you the books that I'm hoping to read, and I'm happy to do that, and I will do that. A lot of content here on Medium Lady is very book-related and book-centric, and so I'm sure you're here for some of that too. But when I think about reading for a new month, personally, I think about input. I think about what do I want to be feeding my life with? What do I want to be engaging with from a content perspective? This is not going to be books for everybody. It might be things like movies or music or TV shows that you've been putting off watching. It's planning purposefully what you think you want to consume for the month. So purposeful planning of what I want to consume for the month of February I have made a really conscious effort to read more proportions of own voices books in my reading life. That's books and stories about folks from racialized backgrounds, minority backgrounds, experiences that are not of the contemporary mainstream storytelling genre, and authors who are also falling out of the contemporary mainstream uh, white women or white men that are typically promoted in, you know, um, big, big house publishing companies. So for the month of February, because it is Black History Month, and I do want to make sure that I'm always reading a really wide variety of own voices authors, that I'm going to be exclusively reading Black authors in the month of February. And I'm also going to be reading, I think, exclusively... Oh, no, that's not quite true. I was going to say exclusively Black women authors, but I do have one book that is written by a Black male author. So let me go ahead and run down the four books that are on my TBR for the month of February based on my intention to consume more of a very specific kind of Black voices media for the month of February. The first book on my to-be-read pile for the month of February is In Every Mirror She's Black by Lola Akinmade Ackerstrom. This is a fiction title. It was, you know, a real buzzworthy book and it has a very beautiful and eye-catching cover. And here's the Goodreads synopsis. A timely and arresting debut for anyone looking for insight into what it means to be a black woman in the world. Three black women are linked in an unexpected ways to the same influential white man in Stockholm as they build their new lives in the most open society run by the most private people. Successful marketing executive Kemi Adeyemi is lured from the U.S. to Sweden by Johnny von Luden, CEO of the nation's largest marketing firm, to help fix a PR fiasco involving a racially tone-deaf campaign. A killer at work, but a failure in love, Kemi's move has a last-ditch effort to reclaim her social life. A chance meeting with Johnny in business class en route to the U.S. propels former model-turned-flight attendant Brittany Ray Johnson into a life of wealth, luxury, and privilege, a life she's not sure she wants as the object of his unhealthy obsession. 
and refugee Muna Sahid, who lost her entire family, finds a job cleaning toilets at Johnny's office as she works to establish her residency in Sweden and, more importantly, seeks connection and a place she can call home. Told through the perspectives of each of the three women, in every mirror she's black is a fast-paced, richly nuanced yet accessible contemporary novel that touches on important social issues of racism, classism, fetishization, and tokenism, and what it means to be a black woman navigating a white-dominated society. So this book was recommended to me from my friend Stephanie Cunningham. Stephanie is a well-known medium lady contributor on the podcast and on my Instagram feed. And last year, around December, I had done a 12 books recommended by 12 friends challenge. And so this was the book that Stephanie recommended to me. I'm really looking forward to reading it. It's making me think a little bit about Girl, Woman, Other, which I read at the end of 2022, which was one of my favorite books of the year. And precisely for the reason that there were multiple perspectives of Black women in that book. And I liked that it allowed for multiple ways of storytelling through the multiple individual lives of Black women, rather than using one Black woman to tell the experience of all Black women. The next book I'm going to read is called The Two Lives of Sarah by Catherine Adele West. I've recently heard recommended that the Milwaukee Public Library has an amazing email list. And so, you know, you knowing me, I love to have multiple ways of collecting book recommendations. And so it was an immediate sign up and subscribe for me. And thankfully, a couple of days later, they sent out their reading list recommendations for um, Black History Month. And one of them was this book. So I put it on hold and I've got it from the library. And that will be one of the next books in my February pile. Here's the Goodreads synopsis. A young mother finds refuge and friendship at a boarding house in 1960s Memphis, Tennessee, where family encompasses more than just blood and hidden truths you can bury you or set you free. Sarah King has nothing, save for her secrets and the baby in her belly, as she boards the bus to Memphis, hoping to outrun her past in Chicago. So I like this book because the 1960s America, I think, remains a really important wealth of information to dive into, particularly during Black History Month. I know that this book will feature the experience of um, Black folks while news was spreading of the Freedom Riders and Martin Luther King Jr. I like that it's the story of somebody of that time, but not necessarily of those events. And so I am looking forward to reading The Two Lives of Sarah by Catherine Adele West. The next book I'm reading is Contemporary Young Adult, and I actually have two contemporary young adult fiction books on this list, and that's in some ways because I find them really accessible to read and get into important subject matter, and that book is called Dear Martin by Nick Stone. And I actually have to apologize. Nick Stone is a woman. I thought Nick Stone was a man. But um, no, I'm seeing here on Goodreads that Nick Stone is a woman. Dear Martin was another recommendation from the Milwaukee Public Library email list. And here's the Goodreads synopsis. Justice McAllister is top of his class and set for the Ivy League, but none of that matters to the police officer who just put him in handcuffs. And despite leaving his rough neighborhood behind, he can't escape the scorn of his former peers or the ridicule of his new classmates. Justice looks to the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for answers, but do they hold up anymore? He starts a journal to Dr. King to find out, and then comes the day Justice goes driving with his best friend Manny, windows rolled down, music turned up, way up, sparking the fury of a white off-duty cop beside them. So, obviously, this contemporary exploration, with the same lens on 
Dr. King and Dr. King's work evolving over time, I think is a really fascinating perspective to engage in during Black History Month because obviously there's tremendous desire for progress since since forever. And I think it will be really important to see this author's perspective and this young man's perspective on how that work has or hasn't influenced the future, the future lives of Black men in particular, um, as we all know that this remains a heartbreaking reality for Black men and Black people in America, in Canada, to be racialized and targeted for violence um, from police is, you know, an, an ongoing societal injustice that um, we have to stop and and that we continue to unpack and experience. Finally, in the same lines, but from a different perspective, I'm going to be reading Required Reading for the Disenfranchised Freshman by Kristen R. Lee. This is new adult fiction. It's a debut novel about racism on an elite college campus. I'm really looking forward to this activist-centered contemporary novel, which is about a college freshman grappling with the challenges of attending an elite university with a disturbing racist history that may not be as distant as it seems. Here's a little bit more of the Goodreads synopsis. Savannah Howard sacrificed her high school social life to make sure she got into a top college. Her sights were set on an HBCU, but when she is accepted to the ivy-covered halls of Woodale University on a full ride, how could she say no? Wooddale is far from the perfectly manicured community it sells on its brochures, though. Savannah has barely unpacked before she comes face-to-face with microaggressions stemming from racism and elitism. Then, Clive Wilmington's statue is vandalized with blackface. The prime suspect, Lucas Cunningham, Wooddale's most popular student and son to a local prominent family. Soon, Savannah is unearthing the hidden secrets of Wooddale's racist history. But what's the price for standing up for what is right? And what will telling the truth about Wooddale's past cost Savannah and her own future? I really like this book because it's a fictional portrayal of another book that I read a couple of years ago, which was They Said This Would Be Fun by Eternity Martis, which is memoir, uh, part memoir, part nonfiction, um, journalistic reporting, I think, on the experience of Black students and university students um, transitioning from high school to the university system in Canada and just how much white supremacy still runs the systems of the university structure and academia in Canadian universities. That was a really difficult book for me to read, partly because I, I used to work within the university system, so I felt that very deeply, but also because it was a really great opportunity for me to wrestle with the decisions of someone who didn't have my life experience and how hard I found it to relate to those decisions, but how much I learned through that struggle. So I am I am looking forward to this book. And um, yeah, so those are my four books for the month of February. And I'm again, I want you to think about your own month. And when you think about back to the printable, you're going to get a vibe. You're going to get a context for why I might choose to read exclusively Black authors for the month of February. You know, it goes back to that very first question in the printable, which is what always happens in February? What is what is known in February? What are the hallmarks of February? And one of those hallmarks is Black History Month, Black Futures in History Month. And we could probably debate um, why that might be a good thing and why that might actually be a bad thing. And I think certainly I'm trying to read authors of color or authors of 
own voices, authors of racialized backgrounds and minorities, people who are telling stories different than my own. I'm trying to do that 12 months of the year. However, the month of February does give me an opportunity to be really focused on choosing those books for the month. And and why I'm doing that is not just haphazardly because it's it's being done with intention and purpose. And I want you to do the same with what you're consuming, with what movies you choose to watch, with what books you choose to read, is to do that with intentionality. It doesn't have to be about reading authors of color. It could be about whatever you want more of in your life and using the month of February as a way to purposefully pre-select the content that you're going to consume. So I choose reading. I choose a pile of things that I want to read for the month. You, again, might choose books or music. You might choose podcasts. You might choose any other kind of media or medium. And then when you have a bit of spare time on your hands and you're thinking, "Mm, what am I going to do with this time? You reach for that stack. You reach for that, that pile of items that you wanted to consume purposefully. So the next thing is play. And The thing that I've really benefited from is having a really rich archive of the ways that I've played over the last three years. And this is kind of the thing that like delights me the most and I think is often the way that I access Mindful Fun really quickly on any given day as I return to my plan. I return to the thing I said I was going to experiment with for the month. So last month I had said, and if you're following me on Instagram, you'll know this, I had said that I was going to experiment with winter whimsy in my wardrobe. And that meant that every time I reached for my clothes, I would think about what's going to feel whimsical today. And sometimes it was like fancy earrings. Sometimes it was a really brightly colored sweater. Sometimes it was my pink boots. But Every day, pretty much for the month of January, I was reaching for something that made me feel like I had tactile access to the sensations of whimsy. Sometimes it was sparkly nail polish. You know, the list can honestly go on and on. And so this idea actually brought me into February further because what I realized I wanted to wear more of in February are what I'm going to call moody florals. So for the month of February, I will be reaching for moody florals But this idea beautifully extends to all kinds of things. So I'm going to be working with some of my plants that are ready for propagation. I'm going to be pulling my floral, moody floral dresses. I'm going to be using a moody floral color palette in my nail polish and in my makeup. And I'm probably going to, you know, find it in other ways that surprise me. I might, maybe I'll grab some, you know, grocery store bouquets and make a moody floral bouquet. I love this idea of moody florals because it kind of plays on the romanticism of February and Valentine's Day, but it's not too saccharine. It's a little bit more edgy. And that makes me feel kind of like I've got my own grown-up Valentine's theme for the month of February. Rather than going all in on hearts and roses, I can go in with my moody florals for the month of February. The other thing is it's really inspired a couple of different ideas for some, um, I was going to call them road trips, but I think we'll call them maybe day trips. I live close to some royal botanical gardens, um, including some indoor gardens. And so I think, oh, moody florals, maybe we'll take a day trip to the royal botanical gardens. And I also live close by to a really beautiful nursery, floral nursery, um, plant nursery that's open 365 days a year. And so maybe that nursery is a perfect, it's a perfect time of year, the cold February days, you know, 
to not a lot of not a lot of um, variety in the color palette of February. It's a lot of white and gray and brown. Um, and to take myself on a maybe on a coffee date to the nursery, you know, grab a Starbucks and walk around the nursery um, for, you know, even 45 minutes, I think would really uplift my heart. So playing with moody florals isn't just about my clothes. It's about where am I going to go? What am I going to do? What am I going to smell? I might find a really lovely floral perfume that's perfect for February. I might bring a new plant into my home. I might bring a floral bouquet to a friend's house. You know, it's all just kind of ripe for the picking. And because I have that front of mind, I know that for the month of February, I have a filter. I have a built-in filter and my mind knows what to look for to find joy in the month. So I'm feeding my brain information on what I want it to look for for the month. And that will just actually enhance my sense of being surrounded by the things that I intend to have in my life. If I tell my brain, we're going to look for and play with moody florals for February, then my brain is going to keep looking for moody florals. And when I look back on the month, I'm going to say, look at all the amazing opportunities that, you know, I saw moody florals reflected in my life. And aren't I really living a life of intention and purpose? So, you know, A equals B equals C. Our minds want to consume what we tell it to consume. Our minds want to filter the thousands and millions of stimulus that we experience every day, our minds want to, you know, make their way through that stimulus and find what matters to us. We just have to sometimes plan in advance what we want our brains to look for. And and our brains will follow. Our brains are very, very smart. Our brains are really good at doing that. Okay, so that's play. I've told you about the books I'm going to read. I'm going to play with Moody Florals. And the next one is try. And this try one is... Um, somewhat actually also adjacent to the winter whimsy wardrobe because one of the days of winter whimsy, we all kind of had the stomach flu. And so it was really about a day about just like laying low, being in comfortable clothing, not, you know, we were, I was not getting dressed that day, but I did put on some socks and I decided that day to put on the most fun pair of socks that I have, which happens to be this like Christmas pattern sock with pug dogs on it. And so I did that. And then every time I looked down, you know, on the couch or whatever, sleeping, I could see this ridiculous pug print socks. But what I realized is actually my sock wardrobe, other than those socks and a couple of others, is pretty pathetic. It's actually, I have some socks that I wear regularly that my feet hate. And I have some socks regularly that, you know, bunch up and scrunch up. And I have some socks that don't really fit. And I have some socks that are more dingy than, you know, <laughs> more dingy than anything else. And I realize my sock drawer is pretty sad. So this sock drawer thing and the reason I'm going to try, I'm going to try to refresh my sock wardrobe. And I'm going to actually look to you to tell me if you have a really amazing sock brand that you love or uh, socks that make your feet really happy. Now, this is about having my environment reflect the little joys in my life. And one of the things that can become pretty insidious to send a really sneaky message that all is not well are what I call tiny, ugly things. Tiny, ugly things. I want you to just think on that. I bet your brain went to something immediately. Tiny, ugly things. 
Tiny ugly things are not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but in the subconscious reality of how we move through our life, tiny ugly things can send us the message that we are not doing as well as we think we are, that we do not deserve a life that is robust and special, that we are mundane and <laughs> that we, you know, um, have to work harder to be worthy of, of something nice. These tiny ugly things can be sneaky and they can really get to us in ways that they shouldn't. You might know what the tiny ugly things are in your life and I would really, you know, just encourage you to think on that. When I did the free printable exercise myself for the month of February, I realized that one of the things that I really wanted for the month of February was ease. I wanted a sense of ease and flow through the winter because the winter often feels like a season of resistance and struggle. And I focused a lot on rest for the month of January, but I felt like February I was ready to move and take action, but I wanted that action to feel easy. And one of the things I realized is that there are some things in my life that send me the message that resistance is a regular part of my life. And one of those things is my sock drawer. Now hear me out, because I know I, <laughs> I know that this must sound extremely privileged and absorbed but, and self-absorbed, but I really want you to hear me out. When I open my sock drawer every day and I have to put socks on that are ugly, that are worn, that are dingy, that don't fit properly, and I treat them as a sort of functional item that doesn't bring me joy, then what happens is through the day, I have these niggling annoyances about my sock. Either my sock is bunching in my shoe or my sock, you know, when I take my shoes off and I see my socks, I'm like, wow, those are some sad looking socks. Or when, <laughs> when I reach into my sock drawer, I'm like passing over pair after pair after pair because they're really not going to satisfy me. They're really not what my feet want to be put into. You know, you have that sensation. I think there are things like underwear and bras can fall into this. You may have a coat that you hate wearing. They're, they're, like clothing, I think, can really fall into tiny, ugly things. But I also think it's when we resist things, you know, like everyone wants a beautiful kettle or everyone wants that particularly gorgeous mug. And if, if you're surrounded by a, a mug collection that's all chipped and worn and it, it can, it can, it can, if you're you know yourself, you know yourself if this is the kind of thing that can kind of sneak into your subconscious. And I think in the winter, we're particularly susceptible to these tiny, ugly things because we spend a lot of time inside. We spend a lot of time at home. We spend a lot of time with our personal possessions and being surrounded by tiny, ugly things when you can't go out in nature, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the warmth. Um, we're definitely staying home more often in the winter. You know, being surrounded by our own things and experiencing the the low moods of the winter, I do think that you can really have these things kind of kind of creep up on you. So I'm not saying it'll happen over through a whole month, but I'm going to begin in the month of February to refresh my sock wardrobe. And I'm going to do so by mindfully purchasing some socks that have good reviews, that will be a good fit. I'm probably going to spend more, much more than I ever have on socks before, um, within reason. Socks also kind of feel like, and maybe I'm underestimating the budget for socks, but socks feel like a really accessible price point to 
completely change something in your life. You know, hopefully I'm not expecting to spend thousands of dollars on new socks in order to feel an infusion of joy from a sock collection that suits me and that fits me. One of the weird things is I have freakishly small feet. (laughs) I have the feet of like a 12 year old girl. I swear my feet are a size six, maybe a five and a half. It does make fitting socks kind of a struggle because the regular woman's sock is just too big for me. And so I tend to either pull the sock so that the heel of the sock is sort of hanging around my ankle, which makes my shoes fit funny. Or if I buy kids socks, they're generally uh, not as good of quality or they're too tight around the ankle. So listen, (laughs) you can see that um, this is the kind of thing I'm not taking this too seriously. But uh, it is something I have kind of thought about a lot and I'm ready to make a change in my life. So I'm assigning February the month of the sock wardrobe refresh. If you have a sock brand that you love and that always works for you, I would love it if you would just uh, DM me on Instagram and let me know. Um, So that's what I'm trying for the month of February. I'm going to try to refresh my sock wardrobe and to find more joy with tiny pretty things rather than tiny ugly things in my life. Last but not least is how I'm going to pay attention to my thoughts for the month and what I'm going to be thinking about. So we've done read, play, try, and think is last. So for the month of January, I did some good journaling when I wrote back on the question in the free printable about how was last month for you? Where were your challenges? Where did you experience joys? What did you learn? What do you want to bring with you? And what do you want to leave behind? So one of the things that I wanted to bring with me was that sense of winter whimsy. And I've done that with the Moody Florals Challenge or the Moody Florals Focus. Um, I wanted to definitely bring more of that sense of delight of texture and play and pattern into my life through February. It was extremely nourishing for my soul um, and has brought me so much joy in terms of an alternative to the gray days of the winter. But one of the things I noticed about my thoughts and about my journaling through the month of January is that I encounter a fair bit of resentment in my life in the new year. There are some things that changed in my life. There are some new things in my family, extended family that I'm reconciling with. And some of that's bringing up some feelings of resentment. And Sometimes resentment just kind of comes across us in this easygoing way. Sometimes it's this hormonal issue. Sometimes it's resentment at work. Sometimes I was resenting my kids. You know, Beckett went through a stretch of just being absolutely right on track developmentally as a three-year-old. And I was kind of resenting. He was so illogical at times. And I was resenting that. And I and I felt like that was something that I really want to leave behind in January. Because I'd noticed it. Because I'd noticed it. And I realized that once I noticed it... I could choose a new thought. And I want to go back to what I said about feeding our minds what we want to think. Giving our mind a plan for the thoughts that we can embrace in advance. Because our brains are always looking for direction. They're looking for an opportunity to filter millions of pieces of stimuli every day. And if we set a plan in motion for our thoughts, it can be very instructive to make change over time. So I am going to be telling my brain to pay attention to resentment. When resentment comes up in my life, which it will, I'm not trying to eradicate resentment. I'm just trying to pay attention to resentment. And when I feel resentment, to take a moment for myself, to treat myself with love and compassion, and to find a way to choose another thought. To choose another thought about that resentment and to say, 
what is that resentment covering up in me? What am I really feeling about the situation? Because it's probably not actually resentment. It's probably actually something else. Um, for example, with Beckett, you know, not being able to grasp, you know, developmentally something that I felt like would just make life easier. You know, my resentment, I'm not actually resentful of my three-year-old. What I am is perhaps a little bit tired. What I need perhaps is a little bit of a break. Maybe I need to tap out. I need to trade with Nick. Maybe I need to think about the routines that I have and how they're addressing his needs and my needs at the same time and where are our needs in conflict. And that's allowing me to more productively excavate the feeling of resentment and what the resentment is actually trying to teach me so that I don't actually spend my time spinning on resentment and I can spend my time in the feelings that are the resentment is trying to teach me or the resentment is trying to flag me flag down for me because what I've noticed through the month of January is that where I struggled the most is when I was fixated on resentment and I think that I can already I'm noticing um, with a lot of self-compassion a lot of self-compassion address my own resentment and take what are loving steps towards choosing another thought so again Pay attention to the words I'm using here. Self-compassion, loving, non-judgmental. When you come up with the, the way that you want to focus your thoughts for the month, remember that this is not about saying, I'm a bad person when I experience resentment and I want to only be a good person. No, all of my feelings and experiences in my life have something to teach me. And in January, my resentment was trying to teach me something. And in February, I'm going to commit time by filtering resentment through the plan, that when resentment hits that plan that my brain will be looking out for, my brain will say, ping, Aaron, there's resentment. What should we do about it? When my brain sees someone wearing cool socks, it's going to say, ping, Aaron, that person has cool socks. Maybe you should reach out to them and say, hey, where'd you get your cool socks? When my brain sees an opportunity for a floral exhibit at an art gallery, it's going to say, ping, Aaron, remember Moody Florals, check out that art gallery exhibit. Maybe we should go check it out. And whether we do or do not check it out is a whole other thing. But my brain will be helping me with my plan because I've told it what to look for. And it will want to consume more of that diet. It will want to consume more of that feast, not a diet. It's a feast. It will want to consume with abundance the the menu that I've laid out for the month. So I hope that that was fun and instructive for you. Let's wrap up a little bit with some more kind of journal prompts or questions that can partner you as you listen to um, me talk about my own month. You absolutely should go ahead and download the free printable, How to Start a New Month. It will give you all of the exercises and tools to get you to a final product like I'm describing today. And I want you to remember that even though I'm sitting here with you and I'm reciting it all in the span of half an hour or so, that I do take time to reflect on and think about and tinker with the plan before I set it in motion for the month. And sometimes that happens on the first of the month, and sometimes it happens on the eighth of the month. Sometimes it happens on the 15th of the month, and generally it happens every month. So 
you know, I, I want you to know, too, this this episode will go live. It will we'll be about a week into the month and you're still welcome to set a plan in motion. Your brain is still very happy to consume that menu at any given time. Your, your brain will not care whether it's the first of the month or not. So don't feel like the moment has passed you by. So here's a few questions for your reading life or your media life. Think about what are the things that I want to consume this month? What have I been waiting for the right time to read? What is that movie that I keep saying I want to watch with my partner? What has been recently popping up in the media that looks like it might be a real fit for my my personal favorites or my personal sweet spot for media consumption? What's that TV show that everyone's talking about that I haven't found the time to watch and enjoy? Um, and put that on your list. Put that on the plan for the month of February. Play. So you've got to think a little bit about something that perhaps would be fun. What would be fun in the month of February? What is already fun in the month of February? What do you want to taste? What kinds of um, things do you want to share with your family? What kinds of sights do you want to see? What kinds of smells do you want to smell? Um, this is all kinds of tapping into that sense of play. What was February like for you as a kid? What has it been like for you as an adult? Are you doing any traveling? Will you experience anything new? What is the sensation that you can tap into for the month of February? And try. Try is always about setting in motion the next right step to perhaps make a change in your life. For me, it's that really small thing about purposefully getting rid of tiny, ugly things in my life, starting with my tiny, ugly sock collection, and knowing that that will help me make a change to not be surrounded by things that perhaps build up resistance or keep me from an e from ease in my day and in my life. And I'm going to make that change slowly over the month of February. You may want to make a change that's bigger or smaller, depending on you and depending on what you've reflected for the year. Maybe you had a resolution in January that for whatever reason, maybe there's a lot of illness or a lot of fatigue in your January and you weren't able to get started on that resolution, but it means a lot to you and it, it matters. So maybe you want to kickstart that resolution again. Maybe there's a maybe you want to do a dry February. Maybe you were planning to read more books in February. Maybe you wanted to see more friends and you want to put a plan in motion to try to have dinner out with friends twice this month and put that plan. That's what you're going to try to do. So you want to try to have more connection. You want to ground into your values and think about your next right step for that plan. And finally, think. Thinking is about giving our thoughts and opportunity to be paying attention to our emotions, our beliefs, and giving ourselves grace and love when we experience those feelings or experience those thoughts. And we improve our own internal mental ecosystem with purpose and intention by setting a plan in motion and allowing our brain to do the rest. Okay. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you have any questions about this or you want to chat about it, uh, you're not sure where to start, I am always happy to connect with people on Instagram. You can go ahead and DM me. I'm at medium.lady. And you can please go ahead and download the free printable that's in this show notes of this uh, episode. And you can also go ahead and connect with episode 57 the episode right before this in your feed, I think that it will be really instructive now that you've heard this example of my month to go ahead, go back into that exercise, and hopefully it will help you down the garden path to set your own plan in motion for the month of February.
I want you to know that no matter what you decide, you are really amazing. You're an amazing person. You're living an amazing life. And I want more of what you want for yourself. We all deserve an opportunity to step into the place in the world that's made for us. And I know that with medium effort and mindful fun, that place is so much closer than you think. And I'm here to help you get there. My name is Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks, episode 58. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please make sure to reach out and connect on Instagram with me. I can be found at medium.lady over there. If you have any feedback about today's conversation, you can head to the pink tile in my feed for the latest episode, and we can always continue the conversation over there. If you like this podcast, please make sure to share a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for growing our community. Finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you're listening and make sure your notifications are on. Don't forget, you're doing such a good job. Bye.